Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. Hey Rebels, so glad you could join us today. Thank you for joining us, taking time out of your busy schedules and listening to our program. That is so valuable to us. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. And the fact that you listen to our program, recommend it to your friends to try to help your marriage and your parenting, I am thrilled. Great podcast today. We have Mandy Ariato on the program. It's a mom's on the mic, which is super fun. And a lot of times... I don't, I, well, all the time, I don't sit in on the Moms on the Mic programs because they're talking about mom stuff. They want to be vulnerable. They want to be open and honest. And so I usually leave during those broadcasts, but I remember this one because I was upstairs trying to watch YouTube and I kept hearing them laugh on the broadcast and they had a ball. Mandy is the president of Mops. We are a huge, huge Mops family. Laura was in Mops. She was a Mops leader. Kristen was in Mops, and they met through Mops. In fact, a couple weeks ago, Laura and I spoke at another Mops group. So we are big Buku fans of Mops. So you are going to love this broadcast. This portion of the pod is brought to you by MyPillow, MyPillow.com, code word REBEL for a discount on pet beds, Giza sheets, pillows, mattress toppers, mattresses, you name it, you get a discount, code word REBEL. Let's jump into it. Here is Moms on the Mic with Mandy Ariato on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Hello, all of our Facebook Live people out there. This is Moms on the Mic. Moms on the Mic. Woo! Today we have an amazing guest, the president and CEO of Mops International, Mandy is Ariato. Is that correct? Ariato. Ariato. Ah, oh, close. That's so close. close, close. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we are going to be talking about. She has a book out called "Have More Fun." Who doesn't need to have more fun? Come on, right? Every <laughs> single mom on the planet. That's true. Are those, are those sticky tabs on there? That, yeah, sure is. I like it. <laughs> That's how I. That should be our notes. giveaway. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> All the things that are fun. That's right. So before we go into the book, we just wanted to ask, what is Mops for the people that don't know what Mops is, mm-hmm. and if you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, so MOPS started about 45 years ago in Denver by seven women. And isn't that crazy? Yeah, I didn't know that. I know, it's insane. So seven women started it, and now it's grown. We're in over 60 countries, and we translate our materials into 14 different languages. But ultimately what MOPS is, is we gather together moms in the early stages of parenting because we know that it's just a really – interesting time and interesting season and we build relationships we talk about faith and all of the topics that we all are dealing with on a daily basis and uh, just empower women to be the best moms partners friends they can be wow that is a huge program that you have that's developed over the years that is just amazing that is amazing so what's your role now as ceo of mops So I feel like I get to do a lot of the fun stuff in leading this organization, casting vision for where we're going, uh, leading our staff, and then getting to travel all over the world and meet with women and hear firsthand from them the things that they're experiencing and seeing our groups operate around the world. That's 
Awesome. awesome. Well, I just have to say, I just have to give a shout out for Mops. I always do wherever yes. I go. Just Kristen and I met at Mops. We were first, we were, I don't know. Participants. Participants at Mops. Yeah. And then we became leaders at Mops. And then now we go back and speak at Mops. I mean, we are just, wow. we drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I, I seriously tell every young mom. Like, yeah. go to mops. You have to get plugged into mops. Yeah. It is a lifeline. I, I don't know how many people I've sent to mops. Yeah, that's true. Hey, I appreciate that. And we were talking a little bit before, but I have friends who I made 10 years ago at mops, and they're still my closest best friends. And we've parented through all, like, so many things together. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. And now I'm in a program. I don't think it's mops affiliated, but it's called Moms Next. Yes, that's so- mops too. Okay, so it's just a bunch of moms that now now we're just older that we just don't fit into the other moms where we could be like mentor moms, right? <laughs> we're, old. But we're we're too old. So now we're with moms next and we all have like preteens and teenagers and we're entering in this new stage mm-hmm. and it's so helpful. I just went to it on Thursday. That is awesome. And I don't know about you guys, but I have teenagers now and I'm like I need mops more now possibly than I did when my kids were toddlers. For sure. I need some more tools here, people. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, just with technology and with all the homeschooling chaos that comes along with it and everything. Yeah. And to have... The stakes get higher, right? And parenting, the stakes get higher. Like It feels like it does. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. when they were little, we could just strap them in. (laughs) Exactly. Keep them them contained. (laughs) Oh, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> but we, um, before we get started, we wanted you to like kind of set the tone and share your story of when you were a child mm-hmm. and with the horses, with your dad. I think it's such a great overview of what this book brings. Totally. So I'll give you the abbreviated version. So I grew up on a horse farm in upstate New York, and that meant that my dad was always looking for new horses to bring to our farm. So one day he gets a call about this farmer in Pennsylvania, which is a couple hours away, who has two female horses that seem like they might be a really good fit to add to our farm. So my dad and I take a road trip down to Pennsylvania, and we get up really early on a Saturday morning, drive a couple hours, and then we turn down the long driveway that leads to this farm that we're heading to. And as we turn, like on one side, there's these beautiful pastures that are perfectly manicured, and there's cows and goats and horses out in the pasture. And then we get to the end of the driveway, and there's this like quintessential white farmhouse with a red barn behind it. Perfect. So we get out and the old farmer whose property it is comes out to greet us and he gives us this big hug. But while he does, my dad and I kind of like side eye each other because he's got to be like 90, 95 years old and still farming like the the entire farm. And so he's like, hey, let me take you out back and show you the horses. And so we walk back to the barn and he opens it up. And it's that smell of leather and like, mm. like the best smell in the world, right? That's that you as you walk in. Yeah. He takes us to the horse stalls and my dad kind of is checking out the horses and petting them and getting a feel for, you know, if he thinks they'd be a good fit for us. And then he turns to the farmer and he's like, hey, could you take the two horses out to the pasture? Because I want to watch them run. Mm. And so the farmer takes them each by their halters, walks them out 
through the gate and as soon as they get to the gate one of them pushes her nose in the gate and like flings it open because they're so excited trying to get out into the field take off right they're running they're chasing each other they're rolling in the dirt they're bucking and kicking up their heels and as soon as my dad saw them like and their energy and their zest for life he's like those are our horses (laughs) he and the farmer work out the terms and my dad tells them that we're remodeling our barn back home so we can't take them home with us that day and the farmer says no problem we'll keep them just come back when you're ready so our barn takes longer to remodel than we thought as all construction projects do, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we thought it was going to take a couple weeks before we could come and get them. It actually took three months. Wow. So finally, my dad and I take another road trip back down to Pennsylvania to pick up our horses. We turn down the long winding driveway to get to the farm. But this time my dad looks at me and he's like, did I make a wrong turn? Like, what's going on? Because the pastures this time are completely overgrown. They're like, the grass is higher than my waist. And there's no animals to be found. So we get and we park our car and the farmer's wife comes out and explains that just a couple days after we had left, the farmer had been injured and he'd been in bed for three months. And not only that, but he was barely making it. They were probably going to lose the farm. They couldn't really afford to feed the animals. So they were just doing the bare minimum to keep every all the animals alive until he was well enough to farm again. And at this point, right, my dad, it dawns on him that these horses have been in their stall for likely close to three months. Oh. And so he races back to the barn, opens up the door, and this time the stench of urine just, like, hits you so hard I almost threw up. Oh, I bet. Runs out to the horse stalls, and he tries to get them out, and he you know, tries to push their stall doors in. But what he realizes is the manure has stacked up so high that he can't push their stall doors open. And so he and I are shoveling manure for 20 minutes to clear the way. And as soon as we get the doors to where they can fling open, my dad looks at me. He's like, hey, stand to the side because I'm going to open these doors and those horses are going to be running out to the field like they did last time. Right. Well, he pushes the doors open. And this time... The horses just stand there. Mm. And then he gets lead lines and he tries to like drag them out oh, into wow. the go. And long story short, my dad decides that he's watching these horses who have completely forgotten who they were created to be, right? Yep. They're so standing in their own crap that they have forgotten the life and pleasure that God has for them. Mm. My dad starts weeping at this point but then he creates a plan and he decides we're going to sleep in the barn for the next couple days and while we do he feeds the horses nourishing food and help them regain strength and slowly as he does that he leads them out of their stalls and closer to the pasture until on the third day he's regained their trust enough that they follow him out into the pasture and as soon as they pass through the gate it's like they remembered what life to them right they start bucking and chasing each other and rolling in the dirt and it's just this story that has stuck with me for nearly 30 years yeah sometimes we just get stuck and we forget who we're created to be in the life that God has for us and it takes trusting our father who weeps when we forget who we are. Mm. And it takes some courage to follow him back out into the pasture to experience this beautiful life of feeling the sun on our skin and rejoicing in who we were created to be. 
I love that story. That's like the picture of motherhood. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. We find ourselves stuck in diaper land. In uh -huh. crap. In, in the crap. crap. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You can say it here. That's true. I just love it because it does correlate so well. And I love your heart for the mom that has just lost herself in it. So let's start there for the mom that is feeling like they're in it, they're lost, they don't know who they are. What would you say to that mom that is feeling that almost like a helplessness, like I don't even know what to do? I think that is one of the most common things that I hear. I experienced it in my own life and I hear it from women around the world, regardless of socioeconomic status or how many kids they have. And I think how it happens is what I call death by paper cuts, right? Where a lot of little things kind of stack up over the course of either your motherhood or your life. And you're like, this shouldn't be that big of a deal. Everyone else is managing their lives just fine. Mm -hmm. But then the cumulative effect leaves this like gaping wound that we don't quite know what to deal with. Right. And it's really intentional about looking at it and kind of stitching it back up. Mm -hmm. So I feel like so often as a mom, we do feel stuck or we feel like we've lost our identity. Mm -hmm. I remember taking my kids to the store and everybody paid attention to them, but no one even made eye contact with me. Right. And I feel like so often as moms, it just takes one little step to kind of get us out of that rut that we find ourselves in. For me, it took taking a quick weekend trip to go to my best friend's wedding. And it was like, I just, it was that sense of going back out into the field and recognizing, like, I'm a person outside of my mother and my mothering, my mothering is significant, but I don't have to feel stuck or lose my identity because of that. And so... That's really why I wrote this book mm -hmm. is to talk about taking one little step each day to do something fun to kind of regain our sense of identity and joy so that we can feel like a whole person again. That's good. What are some of the ways that you have fun now as a mom with teenagers? <laughs> I, I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. So, side note, I think teenagers are so hilarious. Yes. Yes. They are actually some of my favorite people because you can joke with them in ways that you can't joke with little kids. For sure. And the conversations that they are willing to have with you are freaking hilarious. Yes, they are. <laughs> so I thoroughly enjoy parenting teenagers, and that is a lot of fun for me. My husband and I just signed up to take salsa dance lessons. <laughs> so that is one thing we are doing together right now that I think is just super fun. And are, um, are you a dancer? Like, is that something I, in I, your past? I was as okay. a Girl. And so for a couple of years, I've been like, hey, babe, what do you think about taking some dance lessons? <laughs> and now we're finally at a stage in life where our kids can stay home by themselves and yeah. it sit really easy. So that's one thing that we're doing right now to have fun. That's exciting. That is exciting. So, okay. So kind of going back. So what does it look like for a mom to be fully alive? When you say that, what does that look like? For me and for a lot of my friends, it means waking up in the morning and not looking forward to nap time. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. I ever got that way. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, that, that was my goal all the time yeah. until I, they went to school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can still look forward to nap time, but not feeling like you have to take a nap. Like you are oh. you are waking up exhausted, yes. right? Yes. It's like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through one more day. Yeah. So. 
feeling a sense of having a restored soul, like feeling like a whole person. Like if something comes at you during the day, you're not going to completely lose it because you have enough resources at your disposal internally and externally Mm. to manage whatever life throws at you. I think it means showing your kids what it means to be fully alive. So that means having fun, Mm. having a lot of joy in your life, welcoming people into your home and not feeling so worried about things. We're talking this year, this coming year at MOPS, and I haven't, we haven't announced this, but I'm going to talk about it. Yay! (laughs) Talk about what it means to fear less. And I think so often as moms, that fear and worry consumes us to a place where we don't live alive and full because we're so worried about what might happen. And it's interesting, one of the most difficult emotions that sociologists say people deal with is joy, which doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. But it's it's that thing that happens, right, when you're with your kids and you're laying them down and they fall asleep and you're like, this is just, they are just like the most precious creature I have ever laid my eyes on. And you're like, things are so wonderful. And then immediately in the back of your mind, you jump to like worst case scenario, right? Right. Like what if this happens? What if that happens? Mm And it's this sense of foreboding joy where we don't really let ourselves experience anything to the full because in the back of our minds, we want to protect ourselves in case something happens. Yeah, just in case that that little fear that creeps in. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm. Or like we're being wise, right? Because we're thinking through all of the possible scenarios, but really we're just ruining our own joy in the moment. Yeah, totally. Oh, I experienced that before. Yeah. And now times sending them off. I get to send them off to school sometimes. And I'm worried about the kids they're going to interact with or the teachers they're going to interact with <laughs> instead of just let them, and let them just have the joy of going and meeting new people and experiencing new things. It's like, I think most kids get tough on the playground. That's my theory. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got to figure it out. Got to let them figure it out on the playground, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing that we wanted to talk about was just our narrative of motherhood. And I'm totally guilty. I literally I just posted. I posted last Friday night after <laughs> a ridiculously hard boundary pushing day for one of my kiddos. I have four and it was just hard. And so I wrote on Facebook, I was like, just in case you didn't know, parenting is hard. Real hard. (laughs) So just having that narrative replaying in my head and also with the four kids, they were all, I had them four, four and under, and I had twins on the end. And everyone said, oh, that's got to be so hard. I don't know how you do it. So it's just reinforced. Yes. That parenting is hard and having multiple children is hard. So Talk about the importance of flipping our narrative on that. Mm. So I was doing an interview once and I asked the woman, she was probably 20 years older than me and she had a, her kids had just gone to college and I said, what is your best tip for raising kids? Mm. And she said, choose that whatever season they are in to enjoy them. Mm. And so She just said, so often the narrative that we rally around is always going to be so hard, you know, hitting the, when your kid's two and the terrible twos Mm -hmm. or when they're a teenager, man, parenting teens is so difficult. And really what we believe is what we look for. And then that becomes our reality. Yep. 
we think we're going to enjoy something, we go into it expecting to enjoy it, and then we actually do. Or if we go into a scenario and we're like, this is going to be the worst you know, season of my life, then it usually is. We have a lot of power in our lives to create what we're experiencing, and it's simply because we notice what we think about. Yeah. And so I heard someone talking once about raising teenagers, and I include this in the book, and he was saying that our primary job as parents is to enjoy our kids yeah. and to appreciate them for the nuances and quirky things that they're <laughs> experiencing at any given moment, right? Because, like, when our two-year-old just will not stop talking or asking questions in the back of the car, <laughs> and we're like, just zip it for a moment, when they're 14 and they're sitting in the back of our car, we're like, please, will you just talk to me? I just want to hear what's in your head, mm-hmm. right? Tell me anything. Yeah, exactly. And so the thing that we're wishing away at two, we're wanting desperately at 14. Mm-hmm. It's, that just made a lot of sense to me, and I've tried to really be aware of that as a parent. Oh. So what do you do with your kids, like, now that you feel like is the most fun for them and you as, as a family together? Oh, that's a great question. So we're big bike riders and we like to, yeah, we like to bike. We recently, like we have, we live in kind of a, on the outskirts of an urban area. And so those bird scooters, have you seen those? They're so fun. Like the motorized scooters. Okay. Those are like super fun (laughs) and they go faster than you think. So that's (laughs) We just do a lot of silly stuff together, and my kids think it's hilarious. We love to travel, and I know not every family gets luxuries like that, yeah. but that's been some really formative times that my kids always look back and, and talk about. Same with us. Yeah. Yeah, we got to go on a Disney cruise a few years ago, and our kids still talk about how fun it was. And now we're yes. sitting here thinking, how can we save up again to go on another one? <laughs> That would be fun. It's so true, though. It's those special moments that you carve out. It's not like the repetitive. It's the special one-time things that really stick in their in their memories. Yeah, yes. for sure. Well, and the other thing that I think I learned at MOPS when I was there is we had a speaker come in, and they said, become a student of your child. Uh, and I've never heard that before, and I don't even know who spoke it. Um, it was one of the speakers. I mean, we had, what, 40, 50 speakers <laughs> in the five know. years we were there. I still have my binders yeah, so of do MOPS I. notes. <laughs> I do too. That's, that's really awesome. But oh. it was such a, a shift in me to be like, oh, I can actually be a student of who my child is and learn who they are and what their interests are and, and really focus on them to to gear them up to be a success in life. I think that, I think that was a huge thing I learned. That is huge. And have you found, like, are all of your kids different? Yes, like same parenting, same everything, and completely different personalities, completely different things that they need to feel loved. Mm-hmm. So yeah, becoming a student, that I, that's really good. Well, I, well, I think my, I, I don't know, I'd have to suggest on the same parenting, I think I've shifted from my first kid to my s- second kid. Um, I think as you're, <laughs> yes. yeah, it has definitely <laughs> evolved. I think the pressures of being a Dobson and thinking what my child should look like and be like, and uh-huh. you know, how they should show up in a certain area or what you know compared to where I'm at now is I don't 
give a rip. They're going to be a free child, free spirit. Let God be with them. I think I've really shifted in, in my zone of, of my parenting. Yeah. But I definitely do believe I've been able to shift in to more of a, a loving, fun mom in that way. But sometimes I get really nervous of like what other people think or what other people want me. I get too concerned about what other people are thinking. Mm. I think that's what I would struggle with as a mom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So easy for all of us. Well, especially you being the president of Mops, you should be the best mom on the planet. (laughs) You would think my kids would definitely argue with that. I'm also the most embarrassing mom on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about just practical ways that we could have more fun. Yeah. Okay. So here's an idea. So I have a friend. And for years, she's been wanting to lose like 10 pounds. I don't know, however much she wanted to lose. Right. So she went to the gym every day and just hated it, right? Like yep. she'd see 18-year-old butts on the treadmill next to her and it made her feel like desperate and anxious, right? Yeah. And so not long ago, she decided she was going to quit her gym membership and she was going to take that money and do what she had always wanted to do, but always felt frivolous and silly and in that you really shouldn't invest your money in it. This is what the narrative she had in her mind. And she decided she was going to start taking tango lessons. Oh, wow. Well, a couple weeks after she did that, she, so she quit the gym, she takes the money, she goes to take tango lessons, and then she texts me and she's like, hey, I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> and I so lost five pounds without even trying. Oh, wow. And, and like that story has nothing to do with like losing five pounds to me, right? Yeah. Like who cares, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's more about our life really starts to align when we take the focus off the thing that we like are so fixated on and we start to just like enjoy ourselves. And I feel like the same thing happens in our faith. Like when we can start to just like get out of the ruts that we get in and the things that we're supposed to do and start to like experience God Mm -hmm. in a fresh way, like things start opening up in our soul and in our lives that we couldn't have anticipated before that. Mm, I I love it. My uh, girlfriend that I'm kind of new, new, new girlfriend that I've just met, uh, her son and my son play together. She's a hip hop instructor and oh, I what? cannot dance, oh, but I love to dance, uh-huh. but it's been on my brain. Like she even texted me last night. She's like, we're going to hip hop. And I'm like, oh, oh you totally have to. <laughs> I don't know. I'll go with you. <laughs> I'd be so, so embarrassed. Fun. We'd have to YouTube it. <laughs> It'd go viral on how bad it is. Hey, we got moves. We got moves. It's deep. <laughs> I got moves at 45. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you go all over the world. What are the number, like, give us two or three that you hear the moms struggling with? Like, what are the narratives of that you hear? Like, is it, I'll just throw out, is it porn? Is it infidelity? Is it exhaustion, depression? What? What is it? Mm. What are you hearing? Because you're with okay. them. There's two things I hear over and over. One is that moms feel exhausted. Exhausted. And two is that they feel like they're not doing enough, Mm. which is crazy, right? Because they're running around like chihuahuas on cocaine while simultaneously (laughs) feeling like they're not doing enough. (laughs) And then we're seeing at MOPS a really interesting trend that's kind of off topic, but we're seeing so many women who are having problems in their sex lives because they have a much higher drive than their husband. Mm. And that's like unprecedented in our history. That was always the opposite and things are shifting. So that's really fascinating as well. And what do you think is contributing to that? 
What do you think? Porn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Good old porn. Yeah. It's destroying porn. marriages. Ugh. Yeah. 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 Well. So is is Mops doing anything? Are you guys doing anything to attack that? You know what? We really try to rely on experts in that field. And so we yeah. partner with people who work you know, with these issues on a daily basis and we kind of link arms because what we know is we do certain things well and then we really find friends who are in the field Mm -hmm. to really educate our moms and help walk through marriages that are struggling because of that. That's That's perfect. So if someone wanted to join a MOPS group, what would they do? How would they start? Where would they go? You can just go to mops.org and there's a group search there where you can go and find a group in your area. And we have groups meeting in every state in the United States and all over the world. Awesome. That's awesome. And That's when, such good news. Yes. When does your book come out? April 9th. Okay. April 9th. April 9th. It is hilarious. It's a good, Aww. fun read. So It's a quick read. Yeah. Thanks. Yes. I think any mom could pick that up and just... <laughs> Read it quickly oh, I through. Love it. Yeah. Well, Mandy, we just thank you so much for your time and everything you're doing for Mops. We are huge supporters, yes. and we are here to help you in any way you need. So uh, we'd love to have you back on after the book comes out, and just to go again with you. And we just thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you. It's been such an honor. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. God bless you. Our special thanks to Mandy for joining us on the program and for taking care of the Mops family. We are so into that. If you've got preschoolers, you should be in Mops if you're a mom. Dads don't go to Mops, except on the Dad's Day, and then you should definitely go on the Dad's Day. But if you're a mom of preschoolers, definitely hit up Mops. It is such a fun organization. They do food, games, they get great speakers. Laura and I speak at Mops. We love them Also, special thanks to The Voice of the Martyrs, helping those being persecuted for the gospel for more than 50 years. Persecution.com is their website. For sure, check them out. God bless, Rebels. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House, and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting. Rebel Parenting.